Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you, but first we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast nine and three quarters topic of the week is Ernie McMillan, Psychopath. Hello listeners, I'm Rhea. And I'm Jem, and Ernie McMillan's a psychopath. I just Done. <laughs> End of episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I, I just don't know what could have possibly made you think that. So, for context listeners, <laughs> um, <laughs> we were talking about what episode topic should we do. We are looking through all of our topics, which we have written down in one huge Google Doc. And mm-hmm. we saw that, they, that we had a few character sort of analysis, like deep dive character things, where we take a random character... And we sort of apply a test or a, a what's the word a series a, what's the word a framework a framework thank you a framework for deciphering yeah. something about their personality or their characterization. So we've got we had like we've had one mm-hmm. in the past Hermione for D and D. We've got other things on there like yeah. Kinsley scale that we might use in the future. But mm-hmm. something that we had on there was the psychopath test. There's a few different ones, but we're going with a very specific one. And mm-hmm. Rhea was like, oh, maybe we should do something with the psychopath test. And I was like, yeah, Ernie McMillan. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just so clear to me. I think of no one else but Ernie McMillan when you say the word psychopath. Yeah, when <laughs> when you were like, oh, let's do something with the psychopath test or something. One of us said that. <laughs> I can't remember the conversation we had yesterday. <laughs> I was like... Okay, so how are we going to do this? Are we going to run through, like, all of the Weasleys or all of the Order of the Phoenix or, you know, Harry versus Voldemort, some sort of angle like that? No. And you were straight away just like, no. No. Like, the psychopath in the series, Ernie McMillan. <laughs> Which is just such a... Where, why? He just... He's a regular boy. He's not. I've always gotten a bad vibe from him. And it's it's hard to explain why, but I'm hoping that this episode will elucidate why for me. He's he's a psychopath. <laughs> Like, it's very clear to me. <laughs> Alright. Look, I'm willing to be convinced, but, like, you're going to have to do some actual convincing. Okay. Uh, point one, his name is Ernest. <laughs> yeah. Ernest Ernie McMillan, born 1980. Um, he's a pureblood. He was part of the Sacred 28 families of the Wizarding World. Weird mm-hmm. stuff going on there. Um, he may be related to Melania Black, uh, who's the paternal grandmother of Sirius Black, and her mm-hmm. maiden name was Macmillan. He's friends with Hannah Abbott, Susan Bones, Justin Finch-Fletchley. He was sorted into Hufflepuff. 
Yeah, so he's just he's friends with all the Hufflepuffs. Yeah, all the Hufflepuffs essentially. He's like one of the main Hufflepuffs in the series. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a bit about his like you know his school career. Not much happens in first year for Ernie, but in second year he becomes more of a, like you know more of a prominent background character. We learn that he strongly believes that Harry is the heir of Slytherin, and it has sound logic too. Mm-hmm. Like he goes on some conspiracy theories. Like like he's ve- but it's very well put together, very persuasive, and he persuades most of it, like all of his Hufflepuff friends and probably a lot of Hufflepuff students that Harry is the heir of Slytherin. Mm-hmm. Because he explains that Harry had beef with Filch and Colin Creevy, and then they both got got all that sort of stuff. He even told Justin Finch Fletchley to hide in the Hufflepuff yeah. common room after the the snake incident at the dueling club. Like, I don't know. Yeah, he was the one who really like took that incident and twisted it, not deliberately, but like you know, obviously we know that Harry was trying to protect Justin from the snake, but Ernie was the one who was right there with Justin mm-hmm. witnessing that. And he was the one who's like, Potter tried to attack Justin with the snake. Yeah. I mean... And he started, like, spreading that rumour, I guess. Lives for the drama. Seems psychopathic to me. <laughs> or maybe he's willing to get attention of his own psychopathic tendencies by making Harry look like a crazy, like, you know, evil guy. When Ernie is the really crazy evil guy. Or maybe he's just, like, a good friend who's looking out for his friend Justin... Who seemed to be attacked by a snake. Mm, I mean, you could argue that, but the way, the length that he goes to, Ria, the length, like, he's so adamant. He, like, full on points the finger at one point at Harry and is like, like, you got me red handed, like, you know, you little shit. Like, I don't know, he seems very accusatory. He seems to be living for all the the highs and lows and the tension of this, like, Aerith Slytherin stuff coming out. I don't know. I, I just, I feel like he's kind of excited by this sort of thing. I, I, you are reading into this. He reasoned that Voldemort wanted to kill Harry because he didn't want another dark wizard competing with him. That's a bit of a leap. Yeah, that's what he said. He said that. That's more than Ernie McMillan just being like, oh, poor Justin, he nearly got attacked by a snake. He's like, ready to take down Harry Potter. And there's, there's elements to this. There's elements. Because like, Harry Potter's like the most popular boy in the world. Ellie McMillan's jealous. He's jealous. <laughs> he, he wants to be Harry Potter. He feels that he has this self-importance and he thinks that he's unrecognised in his own time. He wants to bring Harry down a peg and put Ernie up a peg. Wow, okay. <laughs> so much already from one interaction. I always interpret it as, you know, people in the wizarding world are pretty stupid and they're highly, sus- um, not suspicious, highly superstitious and they tend to not have very good reasoning abilities. So Ernie is like just taking the idea that Harry Potter might be the next Dark Lord because he was speaking parcel tongue, the evil snake language, mm-hmm. and then just running with that idea because he's a 12-year-old boy. But this isn't the only time he does this. And like, yeah, he's excited. There's <laughs> crazy stuff happening. I just think that he's not stupid. We know that Ernie's not stupid. He's quite academic. And he reasons out his thoughts behind what Harry is and what Harry's plans are. He's quite logical in the way that he pinpoints on Harry. And he uses this to manipulate his friends to agree with him. Like, he's very cunning. He's very persuasive. He's an orator. I just... I I see it. And he only stopped believing that Harry was heir of Slytherin when Hermione was attacked. And now, this is going to be a bit of a jump forward to year three. But... Ernie McMillan noticed that Hermione Granger had never missed a Muggle Studies lesson. So let's unpack this. 
Hermione Granger takes muggle okay. studies because she's a fucking freak who takes all the classes for no reason. Ernie McMillan's a pure yeah. blood, and he's taking muggle studies, but he's also super academic, and he cares a lot about his grades. So he's probably like, you know what, mm-hmm. muggle studies, I may not know a lot about muggles, but I'm going to ace this class, I'm going to be top of the class, and then lo and behold, a fucking muggle-born, and Hermione Granger nonetheless, comes into the class, and is of course acing the class constantly. If, if I was Ernie, and if I was, you know, determined to do a really good job in this class, and then I knew that... Hermione Granger, who's the brightest witch in the year and very academic and also a muggle-born, so knows a lot about muggles, I would want to be, like, sitting with her. And I don't know if there's group work, but doing any group assignments with her because I know that she's going to be really, really good at this class. Yeah, okay. So it makes sense to me that he would be paying attention to Hermione and making a note of when she is and isn't there. But he's jealous. He's clearly jealous because he always notices that she never misses a muggle studies class. And so I think that that's just purely based on jealousy because he always feels the competition to want to be winning in Muggle Studies, but he can't because Hermione Granger's in the class. And so that's why he's relieved in second year flashback when Hermione's attacked and he's like, oh, it couldn't have been Harry because I want to attack Hermione (laughs) because she's the biggest threat to me being the most successful person this year. But look, (laughs) no. This is where your house of yes. cards falls down because you're like setting up Ernie McMillan as, as this scheming, conniving little master manipulator. Whereas really he just suspected something about Potter, got overwhelmed and overexcited. And then later when he saw evidence that actually it couldn't be Harry, i.e. that Harry's best friend was attacked and Harry wouldn't do that. He was like, oh, I was wrong. And then he actually like fessed up to it he didn't just quietly realize in his own mind that he was wrong he made a point of publicly apologizing to harry and being like i was wrong i shouldn't have said those things please forgive me that's really emotionally mature oh how selfless how selfless how emotionally mature and for everyone to see how good (laughs) ernie mcmillan is that he made a mistake and owned up to it he's such a he's such a smart heroic, brave, kind. He's, he's a true leader, you know? We should all look up to Ernie McMillan. We should be more like Ernie. Ernie should be rewarded for what he's done. What What do you want from him? <laughs> would, a, would a private apology have... <laughs> if, if he had apologised privately, you would have been like, oh, he was sneaking around. He, he wouldn't say it in front of other people. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. No, no, no. What Year could he three. have done in that situation that would have pleased you? Like you said, just him and Harry. Just him and Harry. Him apologising to Harry. Then I might have believed him. But Ernie was also trying to convince the other Hufflepuffs that Harry was the heir of Slytherin. Yeah. So it needed to be a public apology because he needed to speak to the other Hufflepuffs and be like, I was wrong. Don't, you know, continue to go by what I said earlier. Go by what I'm saying now, which is that Harry is not the heir of Slytherin. So he made a giant show in order to change hearts and minds, is what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know about a giant show. <laughs> I mean, he made a huge perform, like he 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 made a performative act of being publicly apologetic and showing leadership skills and true maturity in order to change the hearts and minds of his followers, is what you're saying. <laughs> I yeah, this is so obviously a trap, Jim. <laughs> Fine, I guess. 
year four, Goblet of Fire. So, we've, we've already sk- we skipped third year, have we? There's nothing else that happens in third year. Like, he's rarely there. He just says okay. that Hermione never misses muggle studies, which is the only thing he says that year, because it's all he thinks about. <laughs> the fact that Hermione's beating him in muggle studies. <laughs> <laughs> or he's just not particularly close with Harry and Ron. Maybe he feels bad about accusing Harry the previous year and decides to avoid Harry in third year. <laughs> he's hoping everyone will forget, because he doesn't want anyone to hate him, because he wants the hearts and minds of all the Hogwarts. <laughs> Because Eddie McMillan is a fucking yes. social climber. How, yes. Unlike all the other 13-year-old boys, Ernie doesn't want people to hate him. <laughs> he wants no, his no, no. friends and peers to think well of him. What a total psycho. He wants his friends and peers to worship him. <laughs> yeah, that's what's true. God, what a fire. He supported Cedric in the Travis Tournament, as did most of the um, Hufflepuffs. Uh, he believed Harry entered himself into the competition for glory. So, oh, Ernie's so mature, and oh, like, he, he saw past what his mistakes. Bullshit! He went straight back to it at 14. He was like, Potter's at it again! Like, you know, he's he's doing this for glory, and he's, and he's convinced all of his friends are the same, and all this sort of stuff. Like, he made, he, he was wearing the Potter Stinks badges and stuff like that. Like, he was super into just, like, tearing down Harry again. Because, of course, Harry's even more popular and more famous and more successful now. And Ernie doesn't like it. And he doesn't like this one last nub. He's like, nah, fuck this guy. It's Ernie's time. It's Hufflepuff's time. That's a completely different scenario, first of all. So he no longer thinks that Harry is, like, an evil murderer. He thinks that Harry is arrogant and attention-seeking. Something that's not entirely untrue. Harry is attention-seeking. He does like to be the star mm-hmm. of the show, as is seen in like his Quidditch victories yeah. and stuff. If you're not particularly close to Harry, like all of the Hufflepuffs, yeah. it's not an outrageous assumption to be like, oh, he put himself in the Triwizard Tournament on purpose. Mm-hmm. And also, Ernie isn't the ringleader of this. <laughs> He's following the lead of all of the other Hufflepuffs. The entire Hufflepuff house turns against Harry. And Draco Malfoy is the one who made the badges. Ernie's just wearing them along with dozens, if not hundreds of others. I said that. I didn't say Ernie made the badges. I said he was wearing the badges. But Yeah, no, I'm not saying you said that. But this idea that, like, Ernie is the sole leader turning the hearts and minds of the entire Hufflepuff house against Harry. No, they were all turned against Harry... Because of the circumstances, he's just okay. participating in the rest of the group. Sure, maybe all the Hufflepuffs were shocked and angry, but who would fill their minds with all these logical leaps to be like, you know, Harry's just doing this for the attention, he entered himself in, and maybe he got the help of Dumbledore and the teachers too, because they all have favourites in Gryffindor. Who is the only character so far in the series that has in-canon evidence of being able to change the hearts and minds of Hufflepuffs? by making these extremely logical leaps arguments to persuade people. Who's <laughs> the only canon character in Hufflepuff that's done that before? Ernie fucking McMillan. Objection. Who did it? Who did it? Who else did it, Rhea? Who was it? Justin Finch, actually? No. It was Ernie. There, there doesn't have to be a figure that's like this fucking puppet master who's turning all the Hufflepuffs against Harry. The mere fact that Cedric's name came out and then Harry's name came out, that's what turned the Hufflepuffs against him. Yeah, but Ernie galvanised them. He took that momentum and he, and he and he started getting the Hufflepuffs rolling with it and making them bullies. 
you don't know that. This is your head cannon. <laughs> this isn't based on anything that happens in the book. Prove me wrong. Okay, prove yourself right. <laughs> I just did. I just said it. He's the only character with in canon evidence of doing things like this in the past in Hufflepuff. Okay. <laughs> it also says that he likely stopped wearing his badge and stopped harassing Harry after Cedric asked the other Hufflepuffs to stop. There's no evidence that he did or didn't either way. Yeah. This idea that, like, he's the one who's leading the charge of Hufflepuffs against Harry. Like, why don't we see him continuing to harass Harry throughout the year, long after Cedric has asked everybody else to stop it? If that's the case. Because... Because it would be against Ernie's interests. Ernie has to act like this campaign against Harry and this popularity contest is in the interests of Hufflepuff because they've been snubbed because Cedric is their hero and they're finally getting a day in the sun. But here's the Gryffindors and Harry Potter ruining it. So if Ernie were to continue acting like after Cedric has said, leave Harry alone, if Ernie were to continue to, uh, to be acting like, no, this is Hufflepuff's day, fuck Gryffindor, then it would be going against his whole political message that he's been saying to all the Hufflepuffs. So he had to back down and he was seething. <laughs> What's his political me- message? <laughs> that, you know, Hufflepuff deserves better, but really... Replace Hufflepuff with Ernie. <laughs> That's his interior message. I deserve better. <laughs> Ernie wants to be Harry Potter, basically. Like, he wants to be the best boy who... Like, he wants to be a mix between Harry and Hermione. He wants to be a really successful, uh, popular... Everyone knows his name. He also wants to be tr- truly academic, a great leader. He wants to just be the best. Okay, Ernie McMillan wants to be the best. That... So does Hermione. Hermione also wants to be the best. So does Ron. I never said Hermione wasn't so psychopathic. Lots of people want to be the best. <laughs> <laughs> and Ron, do you think Ron Weasley is a psychopath? The most no. high empathy of the entire trio? No, of course not. Because he has empathy. Unlike Ernie McMillan, lizard boy. <laughs> uh, if Ernie McMillan didn't have any empathy, then he wouldn't have seen... He wouldn't have understood at the age of 12 that Harry Potter would never attack Hermione Granger and change his entire perspective on the heir of Slytherin thing. Or that requires a level of emotional maturity that a 12-year-old psychopath would probably not display. Or he has empathy issues but has realised from quite a young age that he needs to code switch and he needs to, like, practice pretending to be empathetic so he did pick up on it he's not fucking Hannibal Lecter what's wrong with you (laughs) (sighs) all right fifth year what does he do in fifth year okay fifth year he studied eight to ten hours a day for owls and asked slash boasted to everyone about it he would he was that annoying kid in the class that like the HSC is coming and he's like oh, you know, I'm doing this many hours of study a day and and I do this much between breakfast and lunch and, like, what are you doing every day? And, like, you haven't started that essay yet? Like, like, what what, what do you think about this? And it's, like, the worst. Because he is obsessed with not only showing everyone that he's doing the most and he's going to, like, absolutely nail his owls, but he wants to make everyone else feel a little bit insecure by how good and brilliant he is and how hardworking he is. Yeah, straight up studying for like 10 hours a day on a school day as well. Like in addition yeah. to classes and meal times and everything, that's straight up some psychopath shit. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 
but he might just also be, as you've said, a high achiever who wants to get really high marks and, you know, maybe with a touch of obsessive compulsive and anxiety thrown in there that's pushing him to achieve. Maybe he just wants to stand out because, as you've said, Hufflepuff House tends to not get a lot of glory and they tend to be dismissed as a load of duffers. But that burns him up inside. Maybe he's like, I want to be, I want to be better. I want to be recognized for my academic prowess. Yeah. He's like, I want to be Ernie fucking Macmillan, you know. I want to be the world's greatest Hufflepuff, essentially. If he was in Slytherin House, none of this behavior would be anything out of the ordinary. I don't know. I mean, I'm a Slytherin, but I didn't study 8 to 10 hours a day and then boast about it. No, not 8 to 10 hours a day, but, like, I studied a few hours a day and then, like made a show out of the fact that I didn't need to tell anybody my marks because my marks were just higher than everybody else's in the class. So it wasn't even a big deal. I barely studied and I still got the best marks. (laughs) Not to flex. Yeah. But yeah. (laughs) But no, yeah, that's... You agreed before what Ernie was doing was psychopathic. I was joking, but cool. (laughs) Clutching at straws. Good. And he becomes a prefect, right? In fifth year? Yeah. As do He's given a position. seven other children. Yep, given a position of authority. Great. I bet he loves that. So mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be associated with troublemaking as well. He respects authority and because he's so pleased to be recognized, to have value now. He's like living for it. I love that. But even though he doesn't, even though he doesn't want to be associated with troublemaking, he still joins Dumbledore's army. Yep. And he still wants to learn how to fight and stand up for what he believes in. And doesn't he make a great stirring speech as he joins Dumbledore's army too? He's like, I think this is the most important thing that we can be doing this year. Even more important than studying in the owls. Like this is truly, I'm in the moral right here and I'm going to let everyone know that I think it's important and be pompous about it as I say that. Like, and everyone's like, yeah, Ernie is right. Like, this is the most important thing. Wow. Thanks, Ernie. Like, it's just, he's so public with his admonishments and his, and his boasting and his pompousness. I just, I find it really disingenuous. I think he's putting on a show. Why, why is it disingenuous on Ernie's part? But when all of the other members of the soon to be Dumbledore's army are sitting around and talking up Harry and talking about how serious the situation is and like riling each other up and being like yeah we're gonna do this we're gonna create this like underground defense training club like why is it that when everybody else is doing it it's 100% genuine and heartfelt but when Ernie's doing it it's a it's a lie and it's a false face and a manipulation it's because he's described as constantly saying these things pompously and and ostentatiously it's like, everyone else is just being like, kids being like, yeah, you know, fuck it. Fuck the system. We're going to do it. Like, or they're scared or they're getting, like, riled up. They're determined. They're unsure. Ernie's like, oh, yes, I'm going to make a show of this. Like, I'm going to let it be known that I, Ernie McMillan, believe that this is the most important thing us youths can be doing today. Like, it's, it's like, okay, calm down. <laughs> like, so he's kind of up himself. We like, get it. You believe you're like a 45-year-old man. <laughs> Yeah, he's up himself. He thinks he's so self-important. and It comes across in every fucking thing that he does and says. <laughs> you just dislike him. <laughs> no, I just... I can see a rose for what it is. It's just a fucking flower, okay? <laughs> like... 
Alright. So, at the end of fifth year, he also did something extremely psychopathic, which is when he turned Crab and Goyle <laughs> into slugs and hoisted them into the luggage rack at the, at the train. Jinxing someone, cursing someone, I get it. It's it's like an instant reaction. It hurts. It's crazy. Transfiguring someone into a fucking slug is psychopathic. Uh-huh. You turn them into a fucking invertebrate <laughs> for a train ride. Yeah, and... And he did that single-handedly and without any prompting. Of course, Harry was just walking down the corridor and he stumbled across Ernie McMillan ruthlessly attacking Draco Malfoy, Vincent Crabbe, and Gregory Goyle for no reason and was like, yeah, that's fine. No. Three on one. What actually happened is the Slytherins attacked Harry and yep. several people came to his rescue. Yep. And the fact they were turned into slugs was a result of many different spells all mixing together. Uh, all I'm saying is Ernie McMillan hearts and minds he probably convinced everyone else to turn them into slugs (laughs) (laughs) Ernie McMillan was once again with a group of people following the group and participating he's not like (laughs) it's not like Harry was getting attacked and everyone else was like "Eh, I'm not really I'm not going to do anything and Ernie was like no I say I will lead a charge out to defend Harry Potter I can hear that I could hear him saying that. That's just, like, he always calls Harry Potter, like, he calls him Harry Potter all the time, not just Harry. Like, it's like, come on, dude. Like, can you please turn it down? They're not like, particularly close. I know, it's just, <laughs> it's odd. Like, he, he's off. There's something off about him. He doesn't pass the vibe check, Rhea. And I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep at this. Like, he, he's really good at academics. He's good at potions and defense against the dark arts. I think he's the only... Uh, Hufflepuff to get into advanced potions from like year six onwards. Um, there's more Hufflepuffs in DADA. Mm-hmm, that's right. Okay, apparition class. I want to talk about this. So we all remember apparition class. Okay. Ernie, the first time the kids are asked to apparate, some people just fall over. Ernie does a weird kind of pirouette slash leap into his hula hoop when he's trying to apparate in there. And mm-hmm. he has this moment where he, he fully believes that he's apparated into the hoop. And then it all comes crashing down when people laugh at him. And he realizes that he didn't operate. What the fuck? So, like, you, like, I've done a leap before. <laughs> I know what that feels like. I don't have such a sense of self importance. <laughs> I'm not completely devoid of self doubt and insecurity that when I, if I was in that situation and I did a kind of half turn pirouette leap thing and ends up in the hula hoop, I would instantly believe wholeheartedly 100% that I mastered apparition first try easy as that like he's deluded (laughs) he's in his own fantasy land where he thinks he's perfect Ernie that's infallible he believed that his stupid fucking pirouette was actually operating through thin air he's just trying his best (laughs) fuck him leave him alone that was such an embarrassing moment for him (laughs) But he, but he took that fucking shame and carried it as a chip on his shoulder for, like, a long time, quietly, sadly carrying that, because he's like, God, I was so embarrassed, like, I, I was exposed, it, like, I, people saw that I was a fool, a fool! He was fucking dragging himself for that weeks afterwards, because <sighs> he has such a sense of self-importance. you just, you're reading into this. <laughs> Here's what happens. The instructor tells them to do something, and what is it, like, disappear, disapparate, is it like three D's or three T's or something? 
Yeah. You meant to turn on your yeah. determination, deliberation, and something else. Destination. Destination, determination, yeah. deliberation. Yeah. So the the instructor is basically like tapper, 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 <laughs> and just fucking expects yeah. them to know how to do it. He gives them like no instructions. And then he's like, close your eyes and spin around on the spot and just try and disapparate. So he closes his eyes, he spins around, he's focusing really, really hard on the hoop, and he, like, accidentally, like, hops into it. (laughs) Because he's trying, (laughs) he's trying so hard to do something that he doesn't understand how to do and was given no help with. (laughs) And he, he does an embarrassing mistake, and then there's no evidence that he, like spends the rest of his life consumed with the humiliation. He's probably just like, that was embarrassing. And is probably like a bit embarrassed over it for a while and then moves on. <laughs> like a normal human. It's delusional. <laughs> <laughs> this idea that like he was trying to show off to everyone <laughs> by deliberately leaping in there. Ludicrous. No, it's it's this idea that he fully believed that he did it. Like, he had no doubt in his mind that he had completed this task. That's what that's what gets me. I don't... It's not like he's, like, got this big shit-eating grin on his face, like, <laughs> I did it. He, <laughs> he looks around like, oh my god, did I do it? I'm, I'm in the hoop, did I get it? And then everyone's laughing at him, he's like, oh no. <laughs> smog. I guess not. I guess, like, whenever I think of the word smog, I picture Ernie McMillan's, like, fucking blonde-haired face. Like, that's all I see. <laughs> Last off, in seventh year, he joined the revived Dumbledore's army. That's basically all we learned about him for seventh year. Oh, besides at the end of like the Battle of Hogwarts, he's like, oh, what if, what if we want to fight? Another pu- public announcement of his moral goodness and his, you know, his absolute conviction and his beliefs and his leadership status. So that's Ernie McMillan. So, you know, at great personal danger to himself, he joins an underground rebellion against an evil fascist regime. To protect people other than himself. Because remember, he is a pure blood, yep. And he is in no way obligated to defend muggles or half-bloods or blood traders. But, you know, he's completely unprejudiced and he wants to protect his close friends, Hannah Abbott and Justin... Finch Fletchley. Finch Fletchley? I don't know how to say his yeah. last name. Is Hannah Abbott a muggle-born? Oh, she's half-blood. No, she's not. Justin's muggle-born. He's, he was about okay, to go to yeah. Eton. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Hannah, Hannah and Justin. Yeah. He's just like... A good guy who's a bit arrogant, a bit pompous, a bit, like, annoying. A bit psychopathic. <laughs> but ultimately, like, at his core, has a good <laughs> belief system and, like, puts his fucking money where his mouth is as well. Look, I think that we just have to put it to the test. There's no way to be sure <laughs> if Ernie McMillan is truly psychopathic until we test him. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Let's get to the core of this episode. Let's let's put Ernie McMillan through the psychopath test. All right, excellent. So this is the hair psychopathy test. This is based off this like sort of research project that this guy did, and he went around to a bunch of CEOs to see if they had psychopathic tendencies, and he asked them these series of questions, and he found out that quite a few CEOs have psychopathic tendencies. So, mm-hmm. business majors, that's just the way it is. They really do be like that, don't it? First question. Do you have excess glibness mm-hmm. or superficial charm? Absolutely. That is Annie McMillan. No. He's not charming at all. 
He is. That's what he keeps saying. He's stuffy and pompous and not particularly well-liked. Yeah, but he's stuffy and pompous in a British setting. If he was in Australia, he would be bullied all the time. (laughs) But because he's like this pure blood, probably wealthy, like always shaking hands and being very polite and forward and gentlemanly, Brits love that. They love that up. Okay. Would you say that Percy Weasley is charming? Because he's got big Ernie McMillan energy. No, because Percy Weasley is too on the on the extreme side. Like, Percy and Ernie have some similarities. He's too what? Stuffy and pompous? No, no. He's too a stickler for the rules. Like, he'll never break a rule. Ernie McMillan has his own set of rules. He respects authority, but he also joins Dumbledore's army and stuff like that. That's the difference. Yeah. Ernie McMillan's the cool version of Percy Weasley. Yeah, that's true. Percy Weasley's very lawful good. Ernie McMillan yeah. is it. And Ernie McMillan has friends. Percy Weasley has absolutely no friends and no social skills. Okay, so yes, he <laughs> is more charming than Percy. I still wouldn't... Like, if you asked me to, you know, think up some words to describe Ernie McMillan, charming would not be on that list. I think, I mean, I, he has three, four friends. That's more than Harry. Like, he, he's got charm. It's like, people tend to Harry. like Ernie McMillan. Harry is charming. Harry it can is. rally a group of people around him. Harry can lead a rebellion. Harry is charming. So can Ernie. No, he can't. <laughs> Ernie rallies people around him and gets them believing what he believes in. He gets his he, three he, friends He literally rallies a rebellion. <laughs> and also all of Hufflepuff House in Goblet of Fire, as I argued. He rallies a rebellion by being like, and what if we want to fight in year seven? Like, he's fucking charming. People respect Ernie. Oh, God. Agree to disagree. <laughs> okay. Does Ernie have a grandiose sense of self-worth? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, he he does. does. He thinks so much of himself. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yep. Next question. Does Ernie have an excess need for stimulation or proneness to boredom? That's all his rumor mill shit. He loves the drama. He needs all that fucking extra layers. He needs to be talking about all the conspiracies and having all these ideas of what people are doing. He's always in people's business. He's a gossip. He loves that. Okay. I'm not sure about excess need, but sure. He likes he likes to be entertained. He likes drama. He likes social conflict. Sure. Why not? Is Ernie a pathological liar? Yes. Moving on. Um, is he? <laughs> Show me one lie he tells. Oh, I, I, I believe you, Harry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then that repeated again <laughs> two years later. That's not a lie. That was genuine. He did believe that Harry wasn't the heir of Slytherin. Because then he immediately offers up another suspect, Malfoy. <laughs> I think I will... There was another time that he lied. So it was a time when, like, he was with the trio and Draco Malfoy was talking about the Inquisitorial squad and Ernie like made up an excuse to leave because he didn't want to lose any more house points so he lied oh oh making up an excuse to leave an awkward situation you're a pathological liar (laughs) prove me wrong Rhea prove me wrong (laughs) no the fact that you can't come up with a real instance of him lying Not just your interpretation of events, like an actual concrete, not the truth that he told, is evidence that he is not a pathological liar. A pathological liar is someone who lies all the time and they almost can't stop themselves from lying. I mean... Even when they know that it's not the best thing to do. 
We don't know that much about Ernie. Everything he could have said could have been a lie. We don't know. Yes, his entire personality could be a false face that he's put on to make himself look better. But maybe he's a real person. And maybe he's known as being like an honest, just an honest person. Someone who like, you know, as you said, reasons through a problem and provides evidence to explain his theories of why something is so. Okay, well, three for four then. If, If he was a pathological liar, he would be like... Harry Potter is the heir of Slytherin because I saw him murder a muggle boy. <laughs> okay. That's what a pathological liar would say. Three for four then. So maybe he's not a pathological liar. <laughs> so is Ernie cunning or manipulative? Yes. He convinced his friends that Harry Potter is the heir of Slytherin. And then he convinced his friends that Harry is an arrogant, glory-hungry child that entered himself into the Goblet of Fire. Like, he's very willing to jump onto the manipulation train. <laughs> I'm I'm too tired to argue this again. I I disagree, but <laughs> it's another point that I'll just give you. Uh, next point. Uh, do you display a lack of remorse or guilt? Uh, next point after that um, <laughs> is <laughs> no. He does he does show remorse or guilt where he apologizes to Harry for falsely accusing him based on incomplete evidence. Look, or so it seems. <laughs> Unless you're once again going with everything he's ever said or done is a lie. Look, it could be. We don't know. We don't know what psychopaths... We don't know how they think. Um. Shut up. <laughs> does Does Ernie McMillan have a shallow affect? Which means he has like a superficial... No, he shows a lack of emotion when an emotional reaction is appropriate. Is that what that means? Yeah. So, like, okay. something like not displaying empathy when empathy would be appropriate. Not displaying not displaying sadness or happiness or something when those would be an appropriate response. Um, yes. So there's, like, a few instances where Harry is annoyed at how oblivious Ernie can seem to the vibe of the room. And he's, like, going on his pompous ramps, rants and stuff like that when, like, people are just clearly not wanting to talk and not wanting to engage. But that's not Ernie not having emotions. That's Ernie not reading the vibe of the room because he's a bit self-absorbed and too pompous to notice that the people around him don't want to engage. Ernie is someone who does experience real emotions. He's embarrassed when he jumps in the hoop. He's uh, regretful about falsely accusing Harry. He's angry when Harry is made Triwizard Champion alongside Cedric. These are all appropriate emotional responses that he displays. Look, to each their own. Does Ernie McMillan (laughs) have a parasitic lifestyle? I'd say that he sort of, like, leeches off the fame and popularity of other people by trying to show that he's always willing to help and always willing to um, you know, be fighting for the right things. Does that a lot. Yeah, he's such a parasite who studies 10 hours a day because he's trying to get good marks. He never works hard. All he ever does is just leech off of others. Look, he is rich, so on, on always on some level, he's a parasite. <laughs> you don't know that he's rich. Just because he's a pureblood doesn't mean that he's rich. I mean, he's great. Pa- just means he can trace back his family line. His paternal grandmother became a black. It's not like they would marry into poverty. 
Yeah, but all of the, like, all the sacred 28, the old pureblood families are all interrelated. Weasleys and Malfoys have got to be interrelated at some point. That doesn't mean that they are on the exact same income. Okay. Um, does Ernie have poor behavioural controls? Yep. He always jumps to conclusions. He's leaping to conclusions like he's practising fucking long jump. Like, he's ready to leap all the time. You've... (laughs) But he displays emotional maturity, like admitting when he's wrong and fessing up to it. He he has the same poor behavioural controls as any teenage boy does. Not like... (laughs) Not like someone with a mental illness who can't control their emotional response to something and can't curb their own behaviour. Okay, well, what about this? Does Ernie McMillan have a history of promiscuous sexual (laughs) behaviour? Yes, he's a slut. (laughs) Thank you. Next question. Um, does Ernie have a history of early behavioural problems? Look, I think so. I've pointed them out quite clearly. Yeah, as we know, Ernie McMillan spent his entire childhood torturing small animals. Yeah. Well, no, he's he's just... And setting fires. He's power obsessed. He's always climbing that social ladder. He's always willing to jump to those conclusions and jump to that fucking hoop and believe that he fucking magicked himself there. That's what he does with all these arguments. He's always jumping. He's always going to the fucking last point and believing that he's a genius for doing so. Self-absorbed. <laughs> You've got nothing to stand on. Your argument's based on nothing. <laughs> Does he lack realistic long-term goals? He never says what he wants to do with his life. He just wants to fucking win. He's all about the now. <laughs> I always saw him as someone who's going to go into, like, politics or something. Why? Did he say that? No, it's just... he, Like he said, he gave off Percy Weasley energy. But, like, a more successful Percy Weasley who can actually, like have friends like you said (laughs) i just think that if ernie mcmillan had any goal in mind for what his future would be he would have mentioned it at some point during his pompous rainbows and herbology class yeah maybe he did but not to harry who once again is not one of his closest friends (laughs) probably if you ask hannah abbott or justin like they would know what ernie's (laughs) career and life goals are yeah especially justin do you, does Ernie have a high level of irresponsibility? Yeah. <laughs> where? <laughs> Bitch, where? <laughs> because he just believes everything that he thinks for the first time. Like, he's just... He takes responsibility for his own actions and behaviours. <laughs> Has he had <gasps> oh. many short-term marital relationships? I mean, I guess. Oh, you've but... just skipped on to the next point. Okay. <laughs> I guess we've finished arguing that he's high le- a high level of irresponsibility. Does he have a history of juvenile delinquency? Yes, he joins the fucking war front. <laughs> By that measure, Harry, Ron, Hermione, all of them are all juvenile delinquents. Yeah, but they don't have all the other traits that Ernie has. <laughs> and Such as being responsible. Last off, does he display criminal versatility? Ernie McMillan, earthworm. Absolute bend to any shape you want complete fucking master of disguise he is so versatile he's so flexible i think that he could like fit into any little niche hole that anyone would want like i think he's like a perfect mold that's not the case at all (laughs) (laughs) you're just like each of these how how not each of these points has like a definite (laughs) sorry 
<laughs> Each point has like a little section underneath that explains what it means, and you just fucking ignore that completely. I'm the one who has to explain it. <laughs> Criminal versatility means that you commit crimes like irrespective of what the crime is or what you're trying to achieve from it. So like a criminal might, you know, steal things to get money or murder someone because they're in a rage, you know, things like that, cause and effect. But a psychopath doesn't give a shit about laws, so they just break all of them because they don't care. That's not the case with Ernie McMillan at all. Ernie McMillan is willing to break specific rules for specific purposes, such as joining Dumbledore's army because it's the right thing to do and he wants to learn how to defend himself during the war. But he's not willing to break other rules, like when he finds out that Draco Malfoy's on the Inquisitorial squad and can take points away... And Harry, Ron, and Hermione start immediately being like, okay, how are we going to fuck this up and ruin Umbridge's day? He's like, um, I've got somewhere to be. I've got to go. Because he doesn't want to break a bunch of school rules and get himself in trouble for no purpose. Pathological liar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the one instance of him lying when he's like, oh, I've got somewhere to be and leaves the awkward situation. <laughs> Pathological. Look, I just... I think that there are people out there who'll agree with me in that and my arguments about Andy McMillan are unbeatable and uh, <laughs> he's clearly a textbook psychopath. I just feel like you didn't read this psychopath test ahead of time. <laughs> I just feel like there's not enough canonical information on Ernie McMillan to fully do this test properly but there is just enough canonical information about Ernie McMillan for me to get absolute bad vibes from him and for me to be like this man this boy is a psychopath there's something off there's something off about him I've never I've I've never gotten him okay (laughs) I'm like I'm fully willing to believe that you just get bad vibes from Ernie. Like honestly, I don't really like Ernie either. I oh, oh okay. I don't like yeah, <laughs> you don't even don't like, like him. Why jumps... are you defending it? Because because, <laughs> because everyone deserves a defense instant till proven guilty. Come join me on the psychopathy train, Ria. Woo woo. Shush. I'm talking. I don't like that he jumps to conclusions about Harry that aren't based on solid evidence but they're just based on his own personal biases i don't like that he's pompous and arrogant i don't like that he studies 10 hours a day and then boasts about it and tries to make everybody else feel bad but all of these are like just normal traits like these are just (laughs) perfectly normal personality traits and behaviors and attitudes and beliefs there's nothing about him that is psychopathic aside from maybe like a bit of arrogance and that one other point that I was willing to bend on. I don't know. I, I... Oh, him being a slut. <laughs> that was it. I, I just think Yeah, I just think he gets laid a lot. Yeah, him and Justin Finch Fletchley. You know, definitely a thing. Bros oh, for life. Susan Barnes, that was the other Hufflepuff. I kept reaching for the third Hufflepuff that we know. It's Hannah, Justin, Ernie, and Susan Bones, and that other cunt. What's his name? Um, Zachariah, Zachariah Smith. Zachariah Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. If anyone's a psychopath in Hufflepuff, it's him. Nah, he's just depressed. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> Pathological liar, cunning and manipulative, displays a lack of remorse or guilt. Oh, I'm sounding like Zachariah Smith over here. No, 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 no. no. I, I, welcome to my psychological um, expertise. 
here, I, I decide who's a psychopath or not, and it's Annie McMillan. <laughs> the modern Hannibal Lecter, if you will. And it's based on vibes and not on an understanding of what a psychopath is and how to identify one. Yeah, he didn't pass the vibe check, Rio. <laughs> but he did pass the psychopath test. <laughs> well, I've been Jem, and I wouldn't touch Andy McMillan with a six-foot pole. I've been Rhea, and it's not nice to make fun of people when they do a silly little spin and a hop into a hoop. <laughs> he was just trying his best. Thanks for listening. If you want to support us or get in touch, the links to our social media and Patreon are in the show notes. Please feel free to send us so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the middle of the sea just to avoid them. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.